The Titans fall to one and two on the season at a brutal loss in Cleveland, where we managed 94 total yards and five first downs. What's next for us is a Bengals surging defense in week four. We talk about it next with a very special guest. Sammy, start us up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. Titans social media is on fire after the one and two start right now with questions like, is Ryan Tannehill still the answer at quarterback? Do we turn to the young guns at quarterback? Are we wasting Derrick Henry's years as a Titans running back? Do we trade King Henry? Is Mike Vrabel the answer, the problem, I'm, I'm sorry, at head coach? Or is it Tim Kelly with the offensive plays? I don't know about it, but any fan base would be this pissed off after losers of nine of ten games. We're going to talk about it next. Hold on one second, though. Vin, tell us about our sponsor. All right, so we recently teamed up with DraftKings, and we're back for another week of football. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's right. Throw down $5 on any of this week's matchups and walk away an instant winner. Now, DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on, on the action. So download the app now with code six sports. Right, Vin? Six not sports. Six, not six Titans, six no, sports. Six sports. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL with code six sports. The crown is yours, gentlemen. There Guys, we, we have a we have a very special guest returning, one of our close friends. We love him. Um, Mr. Titan Rossi of the Titan Up Upload Network. Let's bring him in. What's going on, fellas? What is How going on? Welcome back. We have a lot to talk about since the last time we talked to you. We were zero and zero. We are now one and two on the season. Titans, like I said, Titan social media is on fire right now. What was your thoughts really quick on the Browns game? And what do you think this team does? Man, you know, it's it's just a wreck right now. You know, you go back to – I was at the Chargers game, um, and, you know, we were down 11 to nothing. I was thinking then, like, here we go. And then, you know, all of a sudden, the team comes alive. There's life. There's life in Nashville. There's life in the Titans. Um, you know, start playing a little better. Uh, you know, they come back. They win the game. So we're thinking, okay – we see the offense that that got going against the Chargers. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is the way we could run this offense. You know, just efficient, take a shot every now and then, um, mix it up with Spears. And, and it was like, okay, that that's how our offense should be, right? Like, it wasn't fantastic, but it was good enough considering with the defense that you have, you know? going to the Browns game and you're thinking, okay, you know, the defense is going to keep us in these games all season, right? Man, it was just terrible all, all around. I mean, it was all phases. 
Um, and, and the whole coach better, play better, all that crap. And, you know, Jeffrey Simmons was was pissed about it oh, yeah. after the game. You know, and I, it was like, finally, somebody speaks up. You know, somebody speaks up and, and tries to kill this narrative. Um, and I, I'm so sick and tired of, of watching Ryan Tannehill after these games just act like all hunky-dory and everything's good. And, and you know, I don't know, man. You could tell I'm pretty frustrated. All the social media is frustrated. I'm sure you guys are frustrated. All the Titan Nation is frustrated. Of course, you're going to be frustrated. With, with, with offensive overall um, rankings right now, the Titans are 31st in offense. In past, they're 30th. Tied for 23rd in the run and points. They're tied for 29th, averaging 15 points per game. Now, like you said, there's optimistic Titan fans that say, hey, back off Ryan Tannehill. It's not all his fault. It's the offensive line or it's the wide receivers or it's Tim Kelly. We all have you know, our takes on that. But you know what? There's one take that we all can't take away. And the Titans are one in nine in the last 10 games. And they're being outscored by multiple touchdowns in multiple games. Okay. They've lost. Oh, sorry. They've lost multiple um, games by nearly nine, nine points. They lost by in those games to uh, Philly, Jacksonville, Dallas, and Cleveland. Now they're being outscored by nine points. I mean, that that's, that's nothing crazy. I mean, they're getting, they're getting um, beat bad. And for us, we, we haven't seen that in a long time, especially with the talent that's on this team, okay? Are we wasting it with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback? I know the offensive line has struggled, and I was a big advocate for them in the beginning of the season. I thought this line was going to be good with Brunskill coming in, uh, Skaronsky, uh, and then uh, we found the diamond in the rough, like Vince said last week, and, and Chris Hubbard at, for MP, NPF's um, replacement at right tackle. But the, something has to give with this offensive line too, okay? I tweeted it after, after in the middle of the game, actually. I said – Get Dilliard the hell out of there for calling for heads right now. Once Skaronsky gets healthy, he needs to be the left tackle that we drafted because everybody said he's going to be a great left tackle. I don't care about the arms. If it's a strength and you play left tackle great in college, you're going to be plugged in there in the NFL because we are struggling at left tackle since Taylor one left. Then you just leave Dylan Radins over there. I, uh, Ray Dunes, I'm sorry. People people crucify me for, for the uh, – how I pronounce his last name, Redunes, put him at left ta- uh, left guard. And I think that's going to solve a lot of problems going forward. So I'm not totally out. I'm 30. I, like I said, on the live podcast um, on Sunday, I'm 35%. I still have 35% faith in Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we are wasting all this stuff right now, not to see what we have with Malik Willis or Will Levis. So I, I am in on that, but I don't want to give up on all these guys like, like Henry and D hop and Jeffrey Simmons and Autry. You're wasting so much talent right now that we have just on quarterback play and, and weak line. And we can't, we can't win games with 15 points per game, in my opinion. So Vin, I mean, I know you got a lot to say about it. it, it, it it's aggravating how, Everybody thinks that, you know, we're against Ryan Tannehill. It's, you know, it's it's the offensive line. It's the receivers. It's Tim Kelly. Everyone, it feels like on social media, is all over the place. But I know heart of hearts where it comes down to. And, and, and it's the quarterback play because it's a quarterback-driven uh, first question I had for you, though, Rossi, I was at the Chargers game as well. I was down there for my bachelor party slash birthday. Where were your seats? Uh, I was at, dude, I was up in the nosebleeds. I had a, I wasn't going to go to the game. Um, and a buddy of mine gave me a free ticket and, uh, but it it was awesome, man. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, I was up like three twenty eight or something. Were you on the, uh, the Titan sideline or the chargers? The Titans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think I was three 
ten, section three ten on the fifty yard line on the nice. charging sideline. Yeah, I every time I go to a game, I always said I love sitting up high. You see everything develop. Yeah. You know, so the, plus the nosebleeds are just a much funner group of people. I mean, you're up there with the common folk, man. So maybe they need me there every Sunday. I don't know. Maybe they are 2-0 and when I am in Nashville. So um, there you go, dude. You might want to start a GoFundMe and send me down there for every home game. I'm more than uh, willing. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, listen, we went off on Sunday, you know, Sal, Jarrett, and I. And I, I you know, Sal and I are pretty much done with Tannehill. Jarrett's still holding on to, you know, whatever faith he has left in him. Uh, my question is for you. If if you were in charge of this team, if you were Rand Carthon or you were, you know, who's ever pulling the strings in Tennessee, we don't know if Rabel still holds a lot of power, you know, what would be your first move after, you know, the first three games of the season? What would be the, okay, I'm done messing around. This is what we're doing. Whether it be bench Dilliard in favor first Karonsky to put him at left tackle, whether it be bench Tannehill, whether it be both, whether it be, you know, keeping Henry on the field more often, what would be, you know, I guess you can say the first few moves you would make, no ifs, ands, or buts, you know, after the first three weeks of the season? Well, I think, you know, Jared, you make a great point with Skronsky and all that, and and that would be the first move that I make is, you know, Dillard is just, he's Bam. terrible. I mean, it's a liability it's right bad. now. It's almost as I mean, he's almost as worse than Dennis Daly. In a way, I I mean at the rate at the rate he's going right look, now, yes. But as so far, yeah. I mean, he's he has been. I mean, he's a huge liability. We're talking about, you know, if, if Dillard plays well in that game, we might be talking about a much different outcome for one player on the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, that's how important that position is. And you know what ticks me off about Vrabel and what the Titans do? You go back to last year with, with I, I call them Raidens. I guess it's Raidoons. Yeah, I've been on the field long enough for anyone to remember his name. So we'll give everyone a pass there. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they draft this guy to be a tackle. And what do they do with him? With Raidens or Raidoons? They put them at guard, and they put them all over the place. It's the same thing with Skaronsky. I get it, you know, like he probably plays guard very well. He's got the short arms or whatever, but how could you be worse than Dillard at this point? Well, we said that about Daly, you know, yeah. how could you be worse than Daly? But, I mean, you got to do something. You got to change it up somehow, some way, because right now your quarterback's getting killed. A quarterback that is mid at best. Yes. So you put a mid quarterback in there with a crap offensive line. I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, look, I'm not, I'm I'm not a hundred percent hint Tannehill to hater and all that type of stuff. And I don't think many people are. But the fact is. The guy it's all facts. is a mid Everything quarterback. We exactly. We all speak facts. Yeah. That's, it's He's a mid quarterback. He's not some – I don't even know if I'd call him – I mean, I guess he's a decent quarterback when he's got the talent around him. We saw it in 2019. You know, we had the really good offensive line, and that was the difference. But now you add four more years on top of his career. He's slower. He's not as accurate. He's he's above average at best with a good offensive line. 
You know what I mean? Like with a really good offensive line. Now you don't even have the offensive line the last few years, two years, and you see, you see how bad Ryan Tannehill is. I mean, and here, here's a point that I no one's really talked about, and I'm not trying to make a joke. I honestly think he might have some sort of PTSD from how bad his line play has been and how bad he's regressed in the last few years. I still think he's because of the Bengals game. I hate to bring it up because of that Bengals game and because of the following year when he got hurt and he's older and our line sucked. I don't think he's mentally recovered from everything. And that's why you see him getting gun shy. That's why you see him getting happy feet in the pocket, throwing the ball over receivers at their feet inaccurate i think he has some sort of and i'm not making a joke because i know it's a real problem for athletes especially someone who plays the quarterback position there's a mental block there somewhere where he can't get over the past he's still trying to compensate for it and he just can't do it and i like how you brought up 2019 that's great and i make jokes all the time 2019 was cool i had abs in 2019 but we're not talking about that anymore because it's 2023 (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't want to hear about what you did in 2019 when Henry was running, you know, through everyone in football, when we had a young A.J. Brown in his first and second year, when you had a, an innovative coordinator in, in Arthur Smith. It's different now, and he's not the same player. He's been through a lot of things mentally, physically as well. He got hurt, and he's not the same player at 30 as he is at 34. And my question is for you now, Rossi, you know, with vapor, with 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 us refusing to like make a change, you know, when we were so quick to bench Mariota after five games to put in Tannehill, you know, why is there? Why does it seem like there's this blind loyalty to Ryan Tannehill from our coaching staff, from our front office, from our ownership, when he's done nothing in the last few years to to be worthy of this loyalty and? How frustrating is it that we have drafted a quarterback, not last year, but the last two years in the first three rounds? What are we waiting for here? So, like, my next question is, like, where's your frustration level when it comes to, like, I guess this this coaching staff, this front office, this stubborn way that they seem to, you know, they can't get, they can't get away from it. And I think all Titans fans are starting to get frustrated with Rabel because he has, like, this, you know – smarter than you kind of way about him where it's like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, we're all over it. So Mike, to, to sum everything up, where is your frustration level with Rabel, with this front office and our inability to realize that we need to change, you know, our offensive scheme or quarterback, you know, the way we play offensive football. So elaborate on that and how you feel about the front office and Vrabel and the changes you think we need to make. I, you know, it, there's a part of me, I feel like they're still trying to hold out hope that, like, what they did this offseason was enough to keep this team at, like, a competitive level in the division. And, you know, you look back at who they picked up. They picked up Brunskill and um, Dillard. They move the 280-pound offensive lineman to center. And Aaron Brewer, which he's been getting one. blown up. And it's, you know, Lawan's gone, Ben Jones gone, Nate Davis is gone. And they, I feel like they're like, okay, we, we, 
let's cross our fingers and hope this works because we didn't have a lot of money to spend. We, we went out and got D hop. We're going to try and kind of maintain that type of 10 win type of team, but it's blowing up in their face. And when that happens, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes, right? That's the old adage in life. Nothing mm -hmm. changes if nothing changes. And it, it's insanity. When that happens, you got to step up and you got to make a decision. Now, the question is, and, and you guys can answer this too, is at this point at one and two, do you make a change right now? Or do you give Tannehill and this offensive line, at least if you're going to switch up the offensive line, you keep Tannehill. Do you give Tannehill another game or two? Is it I, is it worth giving him another game or two? I think it is at this point. I think uh, it, 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 if we go two and four at the bye, I think that's when you pull the trigger on it because I mean let, let's 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 backpedal a little bit. Let's not like go crazy here. The Browns defense is elite. They're great. Okay, they they, they let up as one is, as is the Saints. Yes, as, as is, is the Saints. Saints. But you know what? If you want to, yeah. if people say, "Oh, he had a bad game," the Browns came after him. What are you going to do with that line? Okay. What happens if we, if we run ship and we beat the shit teams when we lose to the good teams? What do you think we're going to do in the playoffs? Is everybody just happy for a division title? Because what do you think you're going to do in the playoffs? Is the Browns make the playoffs and the Chiefs make the playoffs and all these teams with pass rushes make the playoffs? They're going to do the same exact thing like they did to us in week one and week three like they did this week. Okay, so I'm not happy with a division. I know nobody here is happy with a division title. Yeah, it's great. We want the Super Bowl. We all in search for the Super Bowl. So I think, like I said, if we go two and four at the bye, some, something has to give. Okay, if, if Skaronsky has not pulled that left tackle yet, that needs to happen yesterday. And, and Redouins has to be at left guard. Let's see how that does first before we start pulling any triggers. If, it, if it's worse for Tannehill, he can't step up in the pocket. How about rolling the pocket with Tim Kelly, get Tannehill on the move a little bit, throwing on the move instead of getting pinballed, pinballed all in the pocket like we've been saying. I seen I seen a clip this week that um, we're gonna have to start getting videos on this podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of that myself and uh, subscribe to that. That was my mistake. But there was there was a video online where um, Tannehill was standing in the pocket and he could have stepped up in the pocket and ran or stepped up and threw it. He just sits there and just gets sacked. He shell shot. So, so that there's a lot. There's a lot to do with it. I mean, with with a mobile quarterback and a young quarterback and Will Levis and Malik Willis. So I was very gung. I was not gung ho about it in the beginning of the season because I loved Ryan Tannehill. He did a lot for us. Uh, I still love him. But you know, it's hard to see now that um, I, I say that this castle that we had and we thought we had the Super Bowl title in that season where we, where we lost to the Bengals, I, I felt like we were at the top of the mountain and to see everything possibly starting to crash down. It, it's giving me like 2014 vibes and it's, it's going to break my heart. And I know it's going to break everyone's heart because of everything collapses yeah. before we get into this new stadium. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think Amy and ran and Mike are going to let that happen because you don't want to go into a brand new stadium with a shit team. Uh, I'm sorry to say it. So I don't think there's going to be total rebuilds. I think there's going to be mixes and matches. But if they don't – put it this way. Like I said, two and four, you pull Tannehill to see what you have. If, if Malik's the next guy up because he's proven it, if he can't get it done four games and you don't like it, pull him out and waste this year. Put Levison. If he can't do it, 
there's there's a, a loaded draft class coming next year. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Vin, I'll get your answer, and I want to try to touch on a little bit of the defense too. I mean, I don't think they'll bench Tannehill yet because they still, for whatever reason, believes he gives us the best chance to win. They have this blind loyalty towards him, but the real reason is this whole division seems wide open now. I mean, Indy's 2-1, first in the division. I don't think anyone really thinks that they could win the division. I think most people think it's probably going to be the Jags or if not the Jags and us. So in they turn, look like crap too. Internally, I think the Titans organization still believes they can win this division and Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback we have to win that division. That being said, if I was in charge of it, I would have pulled the trigger. I would have made the announcement on Monday. I would have said, you know, we're, we're moving forward with Malik Willis. His ability to escape the pocket and use his legs gives us the best chance to win until we get our offensive line figured out, which has been a rotating door of trying to plug in different players at different positions that they don't usually play in to figure it out. I agree with you, Rossi. We're drafting players at their position and playing them at something else other than what they're most comfortable at, which I don't get. Uh, I think it only adds to what I said earlier about Vrabel thinking he can arts outsmart everybody. And at the end of the day, you're not outsmarting anybody but yourself when you you know refuse to, to change. I couldn't agree with you more. Doing things over and over and over again and expecting a different result is insanity. I would move on. I would give him a week four to six games to see what he could do. If that doesn't work, then you go with Willis. And if you don't like what you see in him – like Jared alluded to, this this quarterback class is loaded. And I don't want to, you know, sound too crazy because you know how Titans fans are. We'll win this week and everyone will be back on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, of course. We can win the division. We can make a run. Tannehill's not that bad. He's he's shown signs, but like that's all he really does now is he just shows flashes once in a while. That that Chargers game was an anomaly. One, their defense sucks. Okay. They've let up. A million points to the Dolphins, a million points to us, a million points to the to the uh, Vikings last Vikings. week. Their defense sucks. And it's not like he had a, a game where he was sustaining drives and he looked impressive on multiple drives. It was a few big chunk plays, the, the long throw to Traylon, the long throw to Chris Moore. Other than that, it was a lot of the same with him, him getting happy feet in the pocket, getting pushed back into the pocket and refusing to move. Uh, east and west to get out of the pocket. I'm I'm very much done with Tannehill. I, I would almost rather us be really bad with these young quarterbacks and go four and thirteen or five and twelve, as opposed to going seven and ten with Ryan Tannehill. And you're going to be stuck in the same middle of the draft in the fir- middle of the um, you know mid round pick in the first round. If you're going to be bad, then be bad. And I just feel like Vrabel has such a competitive spirit and believes in himself so much and his philosophy, he refuses to change if he thinks the end result will be us picking in the top five. But sometimes you need to take a step back to take a step forward. Look at the Bengals, how bad they were forever. They get Joe Burrow. They they were a few plays away from winning the Super Bowl. They almost went to the Super Bowl again last year. I mean, sometimes you need to have that sacrifice to be able to gain those 10 to 15 years of, yeah. you know, of having a franchise quarterback. And I think as long as Vrabel's here, he refuses to do that. And I'm not saying I'm calling for his job, but the, the proof is in the pudding. He's one and nine in his last 10. 
He refuses to change. And what frustrates me is how much Titans fans love Mariota. And we were so quick to bench him. Not saying he didn't deserve it, but why are we so quick to bench him, yet we're giving Tannehill t- chance after chance after chance after chance after chance when he has shown us absolutely nothing to deserve it? You know what I mean? So long answer is what I just said. The short answer is I'd move on from him. Give him a week, four to six games, see what he can do. If you don't like that, give Levis a sample size. If you don't like that, go get your guy in the draft. We still have young talent in Skaronsky, in Simmons, in Burks, who I'm getting frustrated with too at his drops. But you have this young talent right now um, that I still think you can build around for the future. You know, if, if you have to move on from a Henry, from a Bayard, it would suck. But at the end of the day, if you could pick up some draft capital, keep in mind we only have four picks this year. If you can pick up some draft capital, try to start over a little bit and go get your guy, I'm all for it. I'd much rather that than go 6-11 and 11 or 7-10 and 10 and be stuck in that same position we were in last year. Listen, we're not advocating nothing for a losing season. We're just trying to look uh, forward to the future for this team right now. But like I said, we, we could beat around the bush with Tannehill and the quarterbacks uh, all damn day long because it, it, it's just a quarterback-driven league. So at this point, I want your take. I want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball because, yeah, our front and our line is very good. But you know what? The secondary is hot garbage right now. We're getting torched every single game. Fulton was targeted with a perfect passer rating this week. Um, Sean Murphy bunting has been the highlight of our secondary so far. So um, what do you guys think about the secondary? And hopefully uh, Caleb Farley comes back and and plays a key role that we really needed him to do as a first-round pick. What's your thoughts on the secondary and the defense, guys? I mean, they, they, you know, they got to get it together, man. It, it's, it, it's becoming a liability that word yeah. again, you know, and um, you would think they should be pretty decent, right? I mean, with bunting playing the way he is, you know, and look, you know, with, with Christian Fulton, man, it, it's, it's so hit or miss with that guy, you oh know, he's either playing well or he's getting torched. You know, and um, you got Hooker back there, and you got Byard. Do you think these guys would be playing much better than they are? And I don't know what it is. I mean, the pass rush wasn't great last week either. No. Um, and that's supposed to, you know, this defense, coming into this season, we thought, hell, this could be a top-five defense. I mean, look at the roster they have. Look at the names. Um. And they, they should be. I mean, at least like a top eight, top ten, you know. Um, but this they're 28th against the pass, um, which is awful. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, I knew it would be the game that he comes out and first game in, you know, two years or however long it's played, we we're going to yep. make him look, you know, awesome. It. And, man, I mean, you got Cincy coming to town. I, I know – I don't – I've heard some things that Burrow is Burrow going to play or I don't, is that oh, up Burrow, in the Burrow. He played last night. And he looked halfway decent. So, you know, yeah. I would assume unless he had a setback, then he's going to play. Yeah. Um, he's one of those quarterbacks and, you know, they got Jamar Chase, they got Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. Um, you know, they're, they're a dangerous team for us. They beat us three games in a row. They have our number. Um, you know, I just – I'm not feeling good about this game. Granted, you know, the Bengals are one and two. They've definitely had their issues. 
if this is if there's one game where you could get the running game going, it's it's this game. They're they're like 30th against the run, but back to the defense. Um, you know, they gotta step up this game. They gotta step up, put the pressure on Burrow. He's got like two bum ankles, I think. Um, so it's you gotta do something, man. You gotta step up and put pressure on them. Cause if you're not getting pressure on them, we've seen with for whatever reason, this Titan secondary is just not getting the job done. And if we're not getting pressure on the quarterback, we're getting torched with all these huge X plays, just like last season. The defense has uh sorry, Vin, real quick. The defense has like, in my opinion, lack discipline versus uh the past couple of years because that's a good word. They're 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 jumping uh they're jumping things they're they're kind of not being aggressive like we've seen now Jim Swartz I don't know if he was the key factor to that and him leaving and going to Cleveland I don't know but Deshaun Watson in the second quarter or third quarter where it was he made a stupid play and it was second and twenty six second in California like I said and the next play as an offense quarter I'm just gonna throw it up and it's on Christian Fulton they get the pi like. No discipline here. You know they're going to either try to do that or there's going to be a draw or a screen. There's only three options right there to try to get that chunk yardage back. And it's just horrible all the way around on that. Isn't it sad, Jared, that we've been calling for uh, Caleb Farley to come back and, like, mm-hmm. save us after we were calling for his head <laughs> two years? Now we're like, yeah, Desperate. Desperate. We're, we're sorry, buddy. Everything we said, we didn't mean it. We need your yeah. help. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Rossi. I think that the line needs to pick up for what the uh, the cornerbacks and our secondary has failed to do. Uh, we need to get pressure on Burrow. We need to make him uncomfortable. We need to hit him. The pass rush looked good in week one and week two. Last week it was it seemed like it was non-existent. Um, you know, Sal brought it up last week. Where's Howard Landry and his you know forty million guaranteed? I said it yeah, this. Man. I said it in the offseason. If he doesn't come back and have a season worthwhile, he carries a big cap number. Look for us maybe to get out of that deal because he's not a Carthon guy. He was a guy that John Robinson signed long-term. So if this defensive line can't get it right and can't get pressure on Burrow, it's going to be a long day at Nissan Stadium because he will pick you apart. And I am legitimately scared for what that offense might do to us if they get going. And it almost seems like, our defense is almost, you know, not visibly, but you have to imagine they're getting frustrated from the lack of support they're getting from their offense. Their offense is putting them on the field quickly. Um, we're failing to give them. It's like a pitcher who can throw six shutout innings and get no run support. You know what I mean? Eventually, as the season goes on, it's going to wear on you. And it's a it's a bend-don't-break type thing, but as time goes on, we're going to start breaking more and more because no defense, no matter how good, can carry that load for for a whole season um so you know i I hope that our uh, our defense can can put pressure on burrow and make him uncomfortable and force some turnovers but i just fail to believe in any which way that our offense can can produce you know we're gonna have to score at least 20 points to beat the Bengals. you would think and what makes you think that we could do that with this this revolving door of offensive linemen with burks dropping balls with Tannehill seeing ghosts with you know, uh, our best receiver legitimately probably being NWI the first, you know, three weeks of the season. Like, their Chig is non-existent. Like, what makes us think that, you know, we can keep up with this Bengals team? But, like, me and Jarrett and most Titans fans, Sal, we always say this team is so predictable where we'll lose games we're supposed to win and win games we're supposed to lose. 
would not surprise me at all if we somehow came out and shocked the world and turned the narrative for one more week. That's just what tight the Titans, right. the Titans franchise loves to do. Um, but it's a week to week league. But I think no matter what, I think the narrative for me is is completely changed when it comes to Tannehill, and I don't see it going back. I'm done with him. I want to see what we have in these young guys. And what frustrates me is it's not like we have a fifth or sixth round rookie that like, okay, probably not going to be the future. You drafted two guys in the first three rounds in back-to-back years. What are we waiting for? What needs to happen for them to get playing time? Because last year it seemed like it had took Tannehill, you know, getting hurt for Malik to come in. And then we were so scared of, you know, what he was going to do that we went out and picked up Josh Dobbs off the street. So like, what are we waiting for? What do we need to happen for these two young kids to get a chance? You know, so as far as, you know, I know I went down a rabbit hole there, Jared, when you talking about the defense, you know, long and short of it, we need to put pressure on Burrow. This pass rush needs to show up Sunday. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day in Nashville where if they get going and we get down early, you know, what we're talking, you know, 14 nothing, 17 nothing, it's going to get ugly fast. Speaking of pass rush, guys, I don't know. What needs to happen more, like you said, we need to pressure him. But you know what? Why isn't Caleb Murphy active in games? He's been inactive yeah. three weeks in a row. Why We need a spark. Why isn't he not in the field? He has four sacks in the preseason. He had 29 and a half sacks in college last year, broke records. How isn't he not on the field and being active on our, on our front? I, I just don't get it. Well, um, listen, I mean, we, we, need, we need a spark at home and um hopefully hopefully it happens we're not going to give our predictions me and Vinny, um today because we do another podcast uh later on in the week with sal we're going to do game picks and all that stuff so just so we have you on right now i would just like to see a prediction from you is it too early in the week do you do it on your show do you want to save it for your show i just want to throw it out there to you I mean, I usually do. We, you know, we do a, a show typically every Wednesday night. For, well, for you know what I do on the Upload Network, the Rossi Report. But man, it's it makes me cringe thinking about giving Titans predictions. You know, yeah. because they're so erratic, dude. Like Vinny said, you know, they're so freaking erratic. And if if there is a team. You know, they need a win bad. I mean, they they need this. They need to, to play to get this home game, get this home win um, to, to kind of switch that narrative. Because if they lose another game, uh, they go one and three. Um, that's what, 10 out of the last 11. God, man, I mean, they're going to be getting eaten alive by everybody out there more than they are now and they need it more than ever right now so they need to they need to do something and figure this thing out if not like Vinny said see what you got you know if you're gonna go one and three I mean teams historically that go one and two rarely make the playoffs let alone one and three so I mean if you're gonna go one and three and you're gonna look like crap again with Ryan Tannehill back there, you might as well take a shot. I mean, at least Malik can run away. You know, like at least <laughs> at least uh, yeah. Malik can yeah. kind of maneuver a little bit. Yeah, um, and that's what people are saying. Like people are coming at Sal, like saying, oh, what do you think Malik's going to do better with this offense? Well, no, what he can do is maybe extend a few plays instead of being pinballed right. in the pocket. Um, you know, let this kid try to 
do what he does best naturally, and that's extend plays with his legs. So, Russell, you, know, you, you, you get as much heat as the right way. Do you get as much heat on your show and on Twitter as much as we get heat about you oh, know the quarterbacks? Oh, dude. I mean, dude. It, it's just I, realistic. I, We're just stating facts, and I understand. I that. got chastised for criticizing criticizing Ryan Tannehill week one. You know the people telling me I was I was joining the 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 train and calling them garbage. Never called the guy garbage ever. You know, and I got a lot of respect for Tannehill. I do. You know what of I mean? Course, of he, course. He came in, helped turn his franchise around, and he played well. Then I'm not, but he had great people around him. He had a great offensive line. But beside the point, he played good. My thing is, look, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go week by week. You know, Same. if you play good one week, okay, good job. You did your job. Oh, <laughs> let's let's go to let's go to week two with the Chargers. Like I was saying earlier, everybody's so just incredibly like, oh, Daniel, this he had two touchdowns. Like it's not like he was freaking, you know, Joe Namath out there and he went and just lit it up. Like, okay, yes, he did good. He did his job. He, and he's making $34 million this year to do it. So right. Like, you shouldn't have to pat he, him on the back when he does his right. job. He had an above-average game. He did well. He, he made some plays when it counted. You know what I mean? But let's not act like this guy is just some insanely great quarterback. I get the loyalty. I do. I get the loyalty from certain fans and things like that. But at the same time, man, this is the NFL, dude. Like, this is we, how we it want is. consistency. You we know, want like, consistency from the quarterback. That's all we ask. Right. And we've yeah. seen this inconsistency for how many the past couple years now. And the proof is right there. What more do you want? I've I've said it before. I would have been willing to move on from him after we lost the wild card game to Baltimore. After the year we went to the title game, I think that was peak right. Tannehill, and you weren't going to get any better after that. And I think I would have been willing to move on from him after that. We gave him another year. After the Bengals loss, I was like, I'm done with him. I thought the franchise oh, yeah. should have been done with him, should have moved on. But it seems like we have given this guy chance after chance after chance, and I just don't get it. I've brought it up before. Why were we so quick to bench Mariota? But yet this guy seems like he is getting chance after chance as if he's got some dirt on Vrabel or this organization that he can hold <laughs> over our heads. Like, because I just don't get it. Like Vrabel, as much as I love him, and I think he's a great head coach, his stubbornness is starting to frustrate fans with his coach better, play better, with you know what I mean? He gives us the best chance to win with like his 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 his, his he's refusing to just admit his wrongs and he's refusing to change and it's starting to frustrate us. And let's be honest, he's not a Carthon guy who he brought in. You know, so who knows if this season gets real bad, you know, what the future holds for someone like Vrabel. Would Carthon want to bring in somebody, you know, that he's more familiar with? I don't know. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but like not also yeah. sound not also trying to sound like a Debbie Downer. You almost feel like if we got our ass beat this bad, the silver lining would be like, okay, now how do now how do you defend Tannehill? Now, how do you defend this offense? Because if it's a 27 to 3 ass beating like we got last week, 
you almost feel like it would almost be worth it just to move on and know that we're now going to give these young kids a shot. Not saying I want it to happen, but that would be the silver lining in that happening. You know, and I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. Okay. And right now, it seems like this team is just extremely redundant. We do the same thing every week and we're expecting different results. And it's been this case for a couple of years. And if it weren't for the likes of a couple once in a generation type players like uh, Derrick Henry, you know, it, it could have been way worse a long time ago. But, you know, players like him and Byard and Simmons have kept us our heads above water. And we've been an above average team for a while now, but it's played out. And I think everyone's caught on. They figured out how to play us. And listen, why wouldn't you stack the box against us? Go ahead. Let let 17 try and beat us. Have a field day with it. Okay. Because if he's going to throw for 300 yards, he's going to earn that shit. Okay. So I'm going to stack the box. You know, you're, you're, you're 30 old running back in year eight. That's cute. You're a little running back at a two lane. That's cute. I'm going to stack the box. And I'm going to make 17 beat us. And if you beat us, then congratulations. But you're going to have to make 17 do it. That's the formula against our offense now. And I think, you know, I don't see it getting any better for us. So, you know, we keep refusing to change. And I'm going on a rant again. I feel like I'm filling in for Sal now with these rants. But, you know, I'm just <laughs> no, over it, man. I'm just, I'm just over it. And I want to move it's on. Hard not to, then yeah. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. It's passionate fans, it's man. Passion, and, you know, and, and people don't people, get it. Because people are going to watch this and say, oh, you're rooting for them to lose. How could you say you want them to lose in Cincinnati? Well, we're not making a run at this thing. I want to see if it gets bad early on what these young guys have. And I'm not crazy for thinking that because it's not a fifth or sixth or seventh round guy. These are two kids who are highly touted out of college who were drafted in the first three rounds. Let's see what they got, okay? Because why why are we going to wait until next year maybe to see what they have? When if they don't have what it takes, this is the year then to go get your guy, your Caleb Williams, your Drake May, your your Quinn Ewers or whatever his name is, your Sam Hartman, your Spencer Rattler. I mean, the list goes on and on. Your boy from Florida State. Jordan Travis, baby. Go Knowles. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I want to see what these young guys have because if they don't have what it takes, then this is the year to go get your guy. And in order to go get your guy, you're going to have to be picking pretty high. So, you know, not that I'm wishing for us to be bad, but we got to figure out what these young kids have because if they don't have it, then we're going to be stuck in purgatory for a long time. You know, listen, listen, guys, we can go on and on and on about this, but you know, oh what? yeah, and, until we're as blue as Rossi's background in the back of him. So I'm going to wrap things up tonight. It was a great show, uh, uh, Rossi. We love having you on, um, guys. If you're listening, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yep. Find us on there, YouTube. It's uh, uh, the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. Give us a, uh, a subscribe and like button. Rossi, where can we find your work as well? Um, yeah, just Titan Upload Network on YouTube, um, on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, at Titans Rossi. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got a whole – we got a bunch of people who post on our network. Um, real real quick, I wanted I, – I forgot to give you my scores. I'm going to give you a preemptive okay. score. So, and I, and I hate to say this, but, you know, I, I'm going to say the Bengals, you know, 27, the Titans, I don't know, 13. All right. Well, you're going to have to wait until our Thursday show. We film on, we, we record on Thursday, Friday, it drops for our, all of our sick picks and our score predictions. So I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything and save it. But uh, like I said, 
Every time you come on the show, it's awesome to have you. Uh, we love your show too as well. If you ever need us to come on your show, we're glad to do it. Um, and hopefully maybe next year we can link up live in person in Nashville, maybe do a little collab all together or something, host a tailgate, host a, draft, host a party or something. So uh, we always appreciate it from you. So, guys, uh, we're gonna, that's all for tonight. And uh, look for, look out for us on Thursday night with our sick picks and our locks of the weeks. And, hey, we might even do an uh, anytime touchdown this week, Vin, now that we've got DraftKings. So we'll see what happens. So uh, we'll catch you on Friday, guys. Take care. Have a good night. And what, what does Sal say? Tighten up. Tighten up. Sammy, send us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.